Well, hey everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here, and welcome to the Redeemed and Restored podcast, where we connect every Friday so that together we can intentionally discover the faithfulness of God. So today's episode of Redeemed and Restored is entitled Growing in Restoration. I remember one weekend sitting through three church services, one Saturday night and two on Sunday morning. I was recruiting volunteers for the Enumclaw Street Fair and we had some slots to fill in the schedule, so I was on the lookout for some people to help out. As I walked to church that morning, the bright sunshine warmed my face. My new house was only 10 minutes away from the church and it just felt good to walk to church. I was really beginning to feel at home at the summit and was developing some wonderful relationships there. It didn't really hit me until talking about it with my friend that week that building new friendships is an important piece of my healing. If I just stayed in my little circle of friends who also escaped the spiritual abuse and manipulation of the cult, then conversation would always tend to drift back to that subject and it was just too much looking back. I can see how God needed to move my friend completely out of the area so I would make a journey into the unknown of other people's lives. When someone from the church texted me that morning and almost apologetically said that sitting through three services is a ton of work, I had to praise God for the way I felt. It was an honor for me to get to sit through three sessions of worship that touched my heart in a way that was hard to describe. One of the songs, Your Great Name, had been camped out in my brain ever since the first service and just continued to minister to me. So I wanna read you the lyrics. Lost are saved, find their way at the sound of your great name. All condemned feel no shame at the sound of your great name. Every fear has no place at the sound of your great name. The enemy has to leave at the sound of your great name. Jesus, worthy is the lamb that was slain for us. Son of God and man, you are high and lifted up that all the world will praise your great name. All the weak find their strength at the sound of your great name. Hungry souls receive grace at the sound of your great name. The fatherless, they find their rest at the sound of your great name. Sick are healed and the dead are raised at the sound of your great name. Redeemer, my healer, Lord Almighty, Defender, my Savior, you are my King. I guess it struck me because I was all those things. The weak who found strength, the hungry soul who received grace, the fatherless who found my rest, and the sick who'd been healed and the dead who'd been raised. And he too is all those things the lyrics declared, Redeemer, Healer, Defender, and Savior. What was a life trashed by deception and hate, but one that had been redeemed healed, defended with love and mercy. Wow. 
Sitting through those three services that weekend wasn't a chore in the least. It was filled with a profound peace and was something I treasured as a blessing from God. I shot the intro to this episode for the YouTube version in the kitchen of our 100-year-old craftsman house where we are doing some restoration and renovation. For the first time since we married, we are pulling out all the stuff that built up over 30 years of Ross and his late wife living here. And as I look at the cleared out, cleaned up, and newly painted cupboards that will soon have new cabinet doors, I cannot help but see the parallel of how my insides needed to be cleared out, cleaned up, and then painted with delight and restoration. Now to fill up all the empty places that were barren, a wasteland of pain and confusion. This home has become a huge part of my personal restoration as God continually, even through the love of my Prince Charming, wooed me back to himself. I continue to stand in awe of his faithfulness. So if you would take a moment to write a review on Apple so even more folks can find this podcast and be encouraged, or you may even know someone who needs to hear this message. So please feel free to share the link with others. You may even want to visit my YouTube channel to see the video version of this podcast and connect with the conversations happening over there. So type into your browser redeemedandrestored.tv and you'll find the video broadcast there. So, hey, let's get started. Well, hey everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here for this week's edition of Redeemed and Restored. Today's segment is titled Growing in Restoration. It wasn't long after I'd moved into my sanctuary of peace that a message that Pastor Ross preached gave me pause to consider. Now, remember, he wasn't my husband at the time. The message was entitled, God's Quarry. It was all about rejoicing while we're in God's quarry. I wanted to get a better understanding of how a quarry worked, so I looked up the definition, and the first one said, noun, an excavation or pit usually open to the air from which building stone, slate, or the like is obtained by cutting, blasting, etc. That definition really resonated with me. The hard times in my life, most recently my years of spiritual abuse, and then that initial seven months starting my life all over again from scratch, had been a true pit for me. And my faith and understanding of who God was for many years was absolutely blasted to a place of non-recognition. So Wikipedia said quarries are generally used for extracting building materials. And based on Pastor Ross's comments that Sunday, I was quite sure the building materials extracted from the quarry were build ready. The hard work had been done in the quarry. So once they left there, they were acceptable to the builder. I kept thinking of the scripture in 1 Peter 2.5. You also like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. 
as much as I hate what I went through in the cult and the struggles I had coming out of and allowing the Lord to heal my mind and my heart, I do believe he used it to build me into a sacrifice acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. I can rejoice in being that living stone that will continue to be built into that spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. If it says we're being built, then it's not over. There may more like will be more pits for me in the future and more blasting to come. May I learn my lessons well now to rejoice always and to pray continually so that I'm well prepared for whatever comes next. Not long after this realization about God's quarry, I came across a scripture that really spoke to me. In my quiet time, the Lord redeems the souls of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. Psalm 34, 22. As I recounted the most recent month's journey, it had been an emotional roller coaster ride. The heights of joy and exhilaration at how God was at work in my life, followed by deep despair and desolation. The dictionary describes the adjective this way, desolated, barren, or laid waste, devastated. The devastation of having everything stolen from me still stung. I still felt devastated, barren, the enemy having laid waste to my heart for almost 13 years. I think I was in many ways still in shock. I was ready for the emotions to be done and over with, but they seemed to enjoy startling me with a surprise visit now and again. I surprised myself with how easily the tears still came at the most inopportune times. In my keyword Bible, I found that the word desolation comes from the Hebrew word shamem, to stun, to grow numb, to devastate, to stupefy, to be astonished, to be appalled, to be desolate, waste, ravaged, solitary, or depopulated, to destroy, lay waste, despair, to ruin oneself, to be destitute. The word was used to describe Tamar after she was raped by Amnon in 2 Samuel 13.20. It's something so horrible that it can leave a person speechless, like Job 21.5. As I read those words in the lexical aids to the Old Testament, I grieved not only for the way I was ravaged spiritually, emotionally, and financially, but once again for the victims of Malcolm Fraser. The desolation his perversion has caused his young victims is appalling, despicable, hideous. The horror of it left one victim speechless for seven years until God began to work a holy courage in her heart to speak up. And as I grabbed a hold of Psalm 34, 22 and continued to trust in the Lord as he redeemed my soul from the destruction and devastation of my years of spiritual abuse, I chose to believe his word. 
I chose to allow him to heal my desolation, even though the process was a painful one. And as I allowed him to do so, I prayed for the same work to be accomplished in the ravaged hearts of the rest of his victims. I continued moving forward and learning a lot about myself. It was August 10th, 2012, my nine month anniversary of walking away from that spiritual abuse. It was the day I decided to fast from Facebook for a week. My youngest son showed up later in the afternoon and proved to be a wonderful distraction from the withdrawal symptoms that I was feeling after logging off and staying off social media. He mentioned something that really stuck with me, how people go on trips and spend their whole life taking pictures and posting to Facebook instead of just experiencing the beauty and actually being in the moment. That really got me to thinking about how much I miss in my relationships when I'm busy taking pictures and posting them with some witty comment. I also had to ask myself how much I really appreciate the moment that I'm in, the person I'm with, the conversation that I'm having, whether in person or on the phone, or am I thinking in the back of my mind, ooh, that would be a great post. This was so good for me to ponder, especially that day. It had been exactly nine months since I'd walked away from the most abusive and degrading church experience of my entire life. It takes nine months to grow and birth a baby. So I asked the Lord that morning what it was that had been growing inside me for those last nine months and is now ready to be born in my life. I felt him impress upon my heart the word relationship. Before the cult, I struggled with being a workaholic and valuing things over people. After my successful stint by the world standards in network marketing, I realized all along I had it all backwards. Instead of loving people and using things, I'd learned to use people and love things. Then during my 13 years in spiritual abuse, I found myself keeping most everyone at arm's length. Of course, as it turned out, this was a serious defense mechanism to attempt to keep from getting hurt. Although they did a pretty good job of destroying me emotionally and spiritually regardless. So here I was, nine months out, learning how to be a real friend to some pretty amazing people, learning how to be a mom to my boys and a Nuna, as in new grandma, to my grandkids, learning how to value the moment that I was in with the person in front of me, loving people instead of judging them or using them letting them in rather than pushing them away. Thinking back on a sermon from a few weeks earlier during that time, Pastor Roger had preached a sermon called No Risk, No Reward. 
I realized there was a risk there because I'd been so trashed in the past. I could get hurt again and probably would since people, let's face it, aren't perfect. I had to think that all the way through and ask myself some hard questions. Do I want to open myself up to the chance of more pain, more devastation, and more emotional upheaval? Well, no, not really. Who would answer yes to that? But the more I pondered and asked God to work in my heart, the easier it was for me to take a step forward. I determined that the reward was worth the risk. The reward of having true friendships, authentic relationships, without walking on eggshells or always wondering what the other person was really thinking, but being too afraid to ask. I wondered how all of this translated over to my relationship with the Lord, since I'd been making a point to spend lots of extra time with him during my Facebook fast. As I watched the last nine months in movie form before my eyes, I saw how much I risked in being willing to trust him after all that I'd endured. But with that risk did come reward, the restoration and renewal that he had worked so far and was continuing to work was an amazing work of a loving father. So yes, what was being birthed in my life was a new desire to be in the moment with people, to be present, not distracted by social media or other enticements, to risk allowing people into my heart so that through these rich life experiences, he could teach me to go deep with him. It's an amazing parallel there. What he works in our relationships, he also works in our relationship with him. Wow, what a good God. So, hey, thanks for joining me today. I'd sure appreciate it if you would like, follow, share, and comment on this episode. Would love to connect with you here and just find out more about how God's working in your life. So my name is Athena Dean Holtz, and this is Redeemed and Restored. So thanks for joining us today on the Redeemed and Restored podcast, brought to you by Athena Dean Holtz and the Romans 828 Bookstore, a division of Redemption Press. I'd love to have you review and share this podcast with friends, family, and others who could use the encouragement. And be sure to check out my YouTube channel at Athena Dean Holtz for more tips and tools to help you find the faithfulness of God. So thanks for joining us today. See you next week for another episode of Redeemed and Restored.